friends, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 62, and this is the first and only episode being recorded during this quarantine time that I can't believe is happening, and I can't believe is lasting as long as it is. Um, the last time I recorded, we were not in quarantine, um, and it feels like forever ago. It feels like I haven't been to work in ages, even though... I was still working well into the pandemic and um, I had recently taken on a teaching job where I was teaching dentistry and that only lasted for about a month before they couldn't afford to keep me on because of everything that was going on and Tennessee was one of the last states to do the stay at home order and they're still kind of doing it like loosely. It's not being like we're not in lockdown. It's just kind of like, hey guys, can you please like don't fucking do anything you don't have to like okay could you thanks um so it's been really crazy and it's um just been really mind-boggling to be home this long um haven't done jack shit um but play animal crossing which has been really nice and you would think that during this time people would want to do literally anything they would want to create they want to draw they want to work on things they want to build stuff um, I mean, I'm doing all those things in Animal Crossing, but um, it's been really interesting to see the last two months of my life kind of just not really do anything and like be okay with it. Um, I'm one of those people that gets really bad anxiety if I wake up too late in the day and feel like I wasted my day or if I have a day off from work and I don't do something, whether it's at least do the laundry or clean the kitchen or cook or if I don't do something that I consider like adult, um, I've wasted the day and I'm a piece of shit and it's just, it's all bad. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's really weird, um, how I've used to feel that way. And now I wake up at like 11 o'clock, sometimes noon and I don't do anything. The only thing that I do is like maybe play Animal Crossing. Um, if I do the laundry, I do the laundry and put away my laundry in like two, three weeks. It's just chilling just chilling in a basket. Um, I still cook every day or at least I try to every day. Um, or at least I like meal prep one day for like a couple of days in advance, but it's just been really interesting to see what people are doing. I thought that I would record way more than just one episode during this time. I thought that I would be more uh, productive, but it's been really, really like depressing as fuck. Um, just spending a lot of the time sitting in silence and enjoying the quiet, kind of staring up at the ceiling and reflecting on a lot of things, which isn't really the healthiest thing, but um, it's not super bad. I mean, I feel okay, but it's definitely taken a toll on me. Um, some days are worse than others, but this whole pandemic has really weighed on me in a lot of ways, um, especially I'm from New York. My whole family is back in New York. Um, it's been really hard um, having to worry about my parents every single day and worry about all the people back home. And um, it's really scary. Um, I told my mom that they're not allowed to leave the house and I will literally, I said I would drive down there if I had to and just yell at them. But it's been really difficult knowing that like everybody that I care about is back in one of the worst states in the U.S. dealing with this pandemic and um, 
I'm glad that they're all smart enough to not do anything dumb. And um, a lot of my friends are still working. And that's also really scary too. I talk to them all the time. And it's really shitty that we're in a time where people either have to choose between wanting to make money and survive and risk their health or stay home and possibly not be able to eat. And it's like, that's insane. I'm lucky enough where um, I was working two jobs and um, I was working a little bit into the stay-at-home order that was already in effect for most states. Tennessee decided like way late in the game that they were going to do the stay-at-home order. But I was working up until a couple weeks ago. And, uh, well, actually, no, it's been like a month and a half at this point. But um, it was really scary because I wasn't prepared to not be at work. And I also wasn't prepared to live off of the very little money that I was going to have left. And I've been very glad and grateful that I was able to be one of those people that are on unemployment right now. But I was prepared for the worst. I was prepared to like not have any money. But I was like, oh, well, I get to stay home, but I might not be able to afford my rent. And I think it just really sucks that I see a lot of my friends not want to go to work because they're scared, but also they need the money because unemployment is so backed up and so crazy. So this has been the weirdest time in anybody's life. And uh, I didn't really want to like get into that, but um, I have had plans to do other things and be creative but I wanted people to kind of know that I'm in it with you if you haven't felt like you wanted to do or make the most of this time while you were home maybe you just made some bread maybe you played Animal Crossing for 250 hours um maybe you just took some time for yourself um I'm one of those people that needed to hear from other people that it's okay to not use this time to create and take take the time for yourself and don't feel pressured so I did I didn't want to record anything until now and I really don't I really didn't plan on doing this episode I was kind of conflicted about it but I feel like it's one of those things that I kind of wanted to talk about and kind of wanted to do um so we'll see how it goes um but more or less the reason why we're gathered here today in quarantine is um, Haley Williams put out a record. And that's kind of crazy to say. Um, it's not a Paramore record. It's literally Haley Williams put out a record. And there's a couple of reasons why I didn't want to do this episode. More or less, I didn't want to do it because I feel like I've talked so much about Pedals for Armor already. Um, I've done like two or three episodes already just talking about um, symbolism and uh, talking about what a bunch of the songs on part one meant or what I thought meant and then was completely wrong. I just feel like I've kind of beat Pedals for Armor to death and I just didn't want to do another episode where you guys had to listen to the same thing because again I said I think like two or three episodes ago I got really tired of talking about the same fucking people or the same artists in the industry but um, I felt like this was a really important one to do and another reason why I didn't want to do this episode is because I'm not a music reviewer and I'm not a journalist and I only like to review albums that I love and albums that like I would go to bat for and that I really want everybody to listen to and like albums that I would just jam down your throat and Pedals for Armor is not one of those records and um, I think that kind of made me want to do this episode after I thought about it because um, you would think that as somebody who's been a Paramore fan and been a fan of Haley's for you know 
over a decade that I would love everything that she did and everything that Paramore did. Um, but I don't. And it's, it was actually really relieving. It made me feel like um, I could actually still admire and like somebody and admire the work that they do, but not love everything blindly. And I mean, trust me, there are Paramore songs that I don't like. Um, I think we've we've probably covered that before. And if we haven't, just know that there are a lot of Paramore songs out there that I just do not jive with. But hey, it'd be like that. It's music. They have five records. Haley has her own record now. It's it's hard to just say that everything that somebody does is great. Uh, Me Without You is one of my favorite bands in the world. And I don't love their whole discography. Um, if you know me well enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and it's just, it's crazy to me because I've been thinking about this the past couple days and um, I thought about all the criticism that Haley's gotten about the rollout of this record and the fact that it's literally all white men and, you know, the Paramore stands that just, you know, think it's cute to make fun of everything that they do for whatever reason. I don't fucking know. I don't understand Stan Twitter. I'm 27. I'm too old for it. But anyway, um, it just got me thinking that I strongly, uh, I feel very strongly about how much I dislike Title Fight's record Hyperview. And I have said some mean shit about that record. Um, if, if you've known me long enough and if we've hung out before, uh, you, you know that for a fact and you're probably laughing like, oh yeah, we know. Um, but it got me thinking like all this hate that Haley's gotten are from dudes that can't take three seconds to Google, um, her name and see that she's done like three or four interviews explaining the rollout of this record. Meanwhile, I never really thought to see if Title Fight ever talked about why they made Hyperview because Hyperview, um, is a very shoegaze record. Um, that record is front to back shoegaze. And um, again, if you know me well enough, or if you follow me on Twitter long enough, you know that I say all the time that shoegaze is not a fucking genre. And um, Title Fight was one of my favorite bands. Um, they put out one of my favorite records of all time. They put out Shed. Floral Green, Floral, Floral Green was an excellent follow-up to that. Their EP, The Last Thing That You'll Forget. Um an incredible EP. Um, they've just like put back, they just put out banger after banger after banger. Even the Kingston EP is a solid as fuck EP, especially because it just sounds like basement noise and it's really cool, but they are just solid as fuck as a band. They're great live. They put out a lot of great records and then they put out Hyperview and I was so upset. <laughs> I bought that on vinyl. I bought it on cassette. I was, I think I have a shirt. Like I was ready for greatness. Like they never let me down. And then they put out this record that I absolutely hated. And, um, I've talked a lot of shit about that record and, um, I got a lot put into perspective for me when, um, people started shitting on Haley because obviously as somebody who's been a fan of hers and a fan of all of the things that she's ever done, um, with or without Paramore, I have gone to bat for her because I I know I read all the interviews. I listen to all her interviews. Like I I am actively always keeping up with whatever she's doing and if she's talking about something that she's working on, you know, I'm the first one to listen. So, obviously, I know a lot about 
how she was doing this rollout, why she was doing the rollout and all this stuff. And for dudes to be like, this is feminist bullshit. She's just trying to sound woke. And I was so fucking angry. Granted, I was angry for a lot of reasons. And I've said this on Twitter before. And I have a lot of drafts in my in my, uh, in my Twitter right now that I just don't want to. Uh, I just don't want to like get into fights with. But um, a lot of things that really piss me off is number one. Um, talking about trauma does not equal being woke. And also talking about being abused is not feminist. Um, I think I said, I think I did actually tweet this, but basically what I, what really bothers me is that men and women can be victims of abuse. They can be victims of depression and anxiety and mental illness and sexual assault and trauma and anything that you could think of. Like being depressed is not exclusive to being a woman being abused is not exclusive to being a woman being mistreated being assaulted physically mentally verbally like that's not just women aren't the only people that go through that and it's just really insane to me that dudes are just going to sit there and call uh, a song like dead horse of being too woke and feminist Haley I'm like I just sit there and again this is something else that I tweeted brand new the band brand new and I know that we've talked about brand new before because they are canceled they are just fucking canceled I I don't care your opinion on it Jesse Lacey's a piece of shit um he always has been always will be and it's just it's really shitty I know that we all mourn the loss of brand new but brand new's canceled at least in my eyes if you guys don't know why or you're confused or sad about it. I did a whole episode on it with my friend Sal, who is a brand new super fan, or at least he was. And um, definitely recommend you guys check that out if you're confused as to what I'm talking about. It was like an hour and a half long where we discussed it. But anyway, brand new. Before that they were officially canceled, brand new started off as a band where Jesse used to just use as an outlet to talk shit about his ex-girlfriend. I mean, the song 70 times 7, he has a line, uh, well, there's a couple of lines. Um, I've seen more spine and jellyfish. I've seen more guts and 11-year-old kids. And then I hope um, you forget your seatbelt and your head flies through the windshield. There's sh- That whole song is basically about how hateful he feels about this woman. I'm assuming it's a woman, and I'm assuming it's about his ex because that's just what the context tells me in the lyrics but hey I could be wrong I doubt I'm wrong but we'll just say for all intents and purposes let's just call it for what it is but anyway those are two very very um iconic lines in our culture um even if you don't know brand new even if you've never listened to brand new even if you don't know that song even if you hate that record you've probably heard one one if not both of those lines before in your lifetime if you you know if you're very heavy into the music scene. Um, I'm pretty sure my parents have probably heard either of those lines before at this point, honestly. Um, So I just think that it's really insane to me that Jesse Lacey can write those lyrics and those be worshipped and iconic, but Haley Williams saying, I sang along to your shitty little song, uh, is all of a sudden feminism and being woke and the end of the fucking world. And I'm like, she didn't even say anything that crazy. I was like, She didn't wish death upon somebody. She didn't, like, I, I, she called the song shitty. 
And we don't even know what song she's talking about. We don't even know. We don't even know the direct content uh, context to that lyric alone. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, we think about all of these pop punk bands that are writing ridiculous shit about women and nobody bats an eye. I mean, just think about every single pop punk band that you know and love and treasure and would go to bat for. If you think of five pop punk bands right now, at least two of them have said something really shitty or worse than I sang along to your shitty little song at least in five songs. And it's just, it's insane to me how women don't get to do anything without criticism or at least intense criticism. And I'm going to say it, um, Haley's ex-husband, who is the, um, who we all believe that this song Dead Horse is directed at, is he has an entire side project where he just writes songs shitting on his first ex-wife. And it's just, it's crazy to me. And people ate it up. I mean, most people ate it up. People ate that shit up. And then people eat up everything that his band does. And I'm just like, y'all, what the fuck? They straight up made a song where he admits to cheating a single. And everybody was like, yo, this is rad. How? And like, listen, I'm not going to tell people what to do. I'm not going to tell people what to listen to. But what the fuck? I mean... I just think that the lines that Haley's getting read to filth for are not warranted. And I just, seeing these comments are absolutely bonkers to me. And listen, if you want to listen to someone's solo project of them talking about their first ex-wife that they cheated on, go ahead. I don't, I don't fucking care what you do anymore. But just know that the, the double standard is real and it's just it blows my fucking mind. I know I went off on a tangent about that, but seriously, if you think about it, think about all your favorite pop punk bands. Think about Brand New. Think about Death Cab for Cutie. Think about the iconic Giants. They talk shit about women and nobody cares. People get that shit tattooed on them and we all celebrate it like it's the greatest thing in the world. But Haley Williams saying, I sang along to your shitty little song, ruined, ruined mankind feminist woke oh my god how dare she so anyway i just wanted to throw that little tidbit in there because i think it's absolutely insane but we're gonna move on so Haley williams put out a record right how do i feel about it well i thought that it was brave and i thought that it was triggering <laughs> um i also didn't want to do this episode because paddles for armor has been one of the hardest things for me to um, care about only because it feels so personal for me, um, me and what I've been through. Um, I've talked about it a lot, so I'm not going <laughs> to, pun intended, beat a dead horse. But um, since this project was rolled out, um, I mean, the project started because Haley was, um, she got the idea, the word pedals for armor from her intense therapy session that she's talked about in one of those interviews uh, that just makes me want to sob and just relatable as fuck. And um, yeah, since that, it's been a roller coaster for me. 
every interview that Haley does, or at least the first four that she did, um, were really hard to get through. A lot of the things that she said are things that I've said um, either in the book that I wrote, that I've tweeted about, I've said out loud, and it's just really weird to trauma bond with somebody like that. Um, somebody that you can't text or somebody that you can't call, um, somebody that you barely really know or have spoken to, somebody that's got millions of followers and almost everybody that you know knows who they are and you're just sitting here and you're just relating to everything that they're saying. You're like, fuck, I can't reach out to this person and talk to them about it. I can't, um, I can't relate to them person to person. I just have to relate through songs and interviews. And that's been really fucking hard because, um, I've said this in, um, in a tweet that I recently posted, I think like two, three weeks ago where I said, um, a lot of people, if not anybody that I'm friends with, you know, they're great. They're supportive. They, they love and cherish me and they listen and they try their best to give advice, but none of my friends went through what I went through. None of my friends, you know, went through an eight year relationship that was tumultuous from start to finish. Um, none of my friends went through anything that I went through in that relationship for the most part. Um, None of my friends were 17 and were in this relationship that just was just toxic from day one and was toxic till the day it died. And it sucks. Like, um, I mean, my friends have been through some shit and uh, shit that I haven't been through and shit that I wish that I could try and help them through. But it's really lonely um, trying to heal from something two years ago and nobody really knows what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, somebody that you've known through the computer screen for over a decade comes out and finally talks about going through something incredibly similar. It is so fucking difficult to swallow that because, yeah, it's nice having somebody that relates to you, but you kind of wish that they could be somebody that you could talk to further about it and really connect because let me tell you it's been really really fucking hard <laughs> like I, I just don't know how to describe it um I mean I'm really glad that Haley is finding some solace and some peace through writing about it and Pedals for Armor is one of those things that I think needed to exist and that's why I'm going to review it because I think that it's so powerful and I think it took a lot to get her here because I sit here a lot and I think about the last two years being removed from that toxic situation and being away from um, having to deal with anything relating to that person and I think every day that passes like why am I not over this like I should stop being upset about being cheated on. I should stop being upset about everything that I went through in that relationship. Why am I still holding on to all these insecurities and anxieties and being really emotionally destroyed by everything that happened when this was two years ago and life has significantly improved. And then um, when I'm feeling down about it, that's when I realize Haley went through the same thing. She's two years maybe even more removed from her toxic situation and she's just finally starting to write about it she's finally starting to talk about things that she didn't think 10 years ago she would be talking about 
or that she would ever um, tell the world. And she's got millions of followers, fans, and people know who she is and have people writing about articles and picking her apart. And I'm just, I'm just a regular person with a Twitter account that a couple people, you know, text and check on every now and then. So I can only imagine what she's going through finally getting through these emotions years later and having the world pick it apart I mean I'm barely dealing with telling close friends what I'm what I've dealt with the last couple of years let alone millions of people so um this was a really long intro for this and we haven't we're almost a half hour in and I haven't reviewed shit but um I mean the review is not going to be very long I'm I've already reviewed half of this record already in the last two episodes, but I just kind of wanted to give a reason why Petals for Armor is such a a touchy subject for me. And even though Haley is somebody that, you know, I've, I've gone to bat for and that I'll always admire as a human being and as an artist and a musician, this was fucking hard <laughs> and it shouldn't be hard. And I know that there's probably people out there that think that I'm, being overdramatic or it's not that deep but when you go through something so gross and toxic and you deal with it from the time that you're a fucking teenager to almost all of your 20s you kind of look for any way to relate to anybody and pedals for armor was that for me and I'm just glad that I get to um through through music connect with somebody that I don't really get to have a real conversation with on a daily basis. So with all of that being said, let's review Petals for Armor, the new record by Haley Williams, song by song. And there's 15 songs on this record. I know that that's a fuck ton of songs, but um, we're going to get through it pretty quickly and let's do it. So song number one, Simmer. We're all pretty familiar with Simmer by now. Um, I'm not going to talk much about part one. Uh, Haley released this in three parts, as you guys may or may not know. Um, she The rollout was to convey how she, f- how she went through all of these emotions. And she wanted to take us on this journey with her, how she got to the place that she is in now, which she said that she's still going through a lot of the shit that she wrote about. So it's not like she's healed and she's magically better, but she wanted to take us through this journey with her as she discovered all of these emotions. And that's why it's really, really shitty that dudes can't take three seconds to Google search why she's rolling it out the way she is and said, man, this is so much. Why'd she release seven music videos and four songs in the span of three weeks? Ah, like, bro, it ain't that deep. But Simmer was the first song that um, Haley decided to give us a taste for. And I, when I first saw the video for it, I was so entranced, but confused. I was sad that I was wrong about literally everything that Simmer was going to be about. And um, I liked the direction that she was going. I liked that it was really moody. I liked that it was kind of dark and I was excited for the rest of the record to kind of sound like that. I mean, 15 songs sounding like Simmer would probably sound really fucking boring at this point. But I I thought that Simmer was a strong start. Now, I, I never listen to it. It's one of those songs where I just kind of don't really care for anymore. Only because she has 14 other songs that she wrote. 
and that there's plenty more to sift through that simmer is just one of those things where I don't have to hold on to and be like this this is this is my baby this is this is Haley's only thing for her solo project I have to hold on to so um yeah simmer is one of those songs for me that was really strong to start with but now that the whole record's out I don't really um look for or really play much anymore but we're gonna play a little bit for you guys right here So that was a little bit of Simmer. That was the first single that Haley released in, I believe it was like late January. And again, there was a video for it. And then she gave us a Simmer interlude video. And then next up, she gave us the song Leave It Alone. Now, when Leave It Alone first came out, um, the video scared the shit out of me. Um, and a lot of people are probably already know what I'm going to say, but... As a dental professional, I get so uncomfortable when people like rip out teeth or when people have injuries to their mouth or anything like that. And Haley Williams in this video decides that she's going to rip out her tooth. And I just, I, I have not watched the video since. It was, that was a different type of trauma that your girl is just not going to put herself through again. But Leave It Alone, originally when it came out, um, this was, at the time, I was ready to love every single thing that Haley put out. I was still blindly in this state of um, after laughter was so incredible to me. I loved everything that she was doing. I love the idea of Petals for Armor. I love that this was kind of uh, more or less a trauma project. Um, I know she didn't call it that, but kind of is like a trauma project. She went to intensive therapy. She said that she went to, it was a, I believe it was a three-day um, therapy session thing that she did and she had to write and she started writing lyrics for Paddles for Armor and I was ready to just because I loved the concept so much I didn't want to hate anything that she was doing because I felt like it was um, I felt like it was shitty of me to dislike anything for this project just because it was so personal and I related to it so much that I was ready to just blindly support the fuck out of this. I mean, when the pre-orders went up, I got a CD, I got a cassette, I got the box set, I went to Urban Outfitters and I got the pink version of the vinyl. Like I was all about buying everything for this. And um, at the time, I loved to leave it alone. I loved the vibes of it. I thought it was super cool. When I first, um, before we heard Simmer, I had this idea that Pedals for Armor was going to be Haley with an acoustic guitar, kind of like Boy Genius, but a little more, um, a little more than what Boy Genius is. Um, and what I mean by that, it, like Boy Genius is kind of soft, but also um, more so the indie rock kind of realm where I thought that Pedals for Armor was going to be a touch of Haley playing acoustic guitar or just guitar in general on stage kind of by herself or with um, a band that she was going to put together. 
and then it was gonna kind of be a little more rock inspired but not too much and when simmer came out i was totally um blown out of the water i was like okay well this is not boy genius whatsoever so then when leave it alone came out it was kind of more so what i thought pedals for armor was going to be like i thought that the rest of the record was going to sound like leave it alone um, and i was really excited about it and um also i've talked about it already so i won't um bring uh, really beat the dead horse again pun intended um because we've talked about the first uh, pedal for armor one uh the first ep I've already talked about it in two different episodes now, so we won't really get into much detail, but um, I now, uh, I, I love the message behind Leave It Alone. It was about Haley's grandmother. Um, she had a terrible fall and ended up, um, now her memory is kind of skewed and um, sometimes doesn't really remember or know really a lot that's going on, but thankfully remembers Haley and remembers her and all of this stuff. But Leave It Alone was originally something that I was ready to go to bat for. And then now looking back, I I don't love the song as much as I, I thought I did. And again, I think I was just really excited to have Haley put something out that was so personal. So here is a little bit of Leave It Alone. Don't nobody tell me that God don't have a sense of humor. Now that I want to live with everybody around me is dying Now that I finally want to live, the ones I love are dying Becoming friends with the noose that I made and I keep trying to So that was track two. That was Leave It Alone. Now, finally, a song that I will go to bat for that I absolutely love. Um, next song is called Cinnamon. And when I first heard, um, I, I heard that there may be a song called Cinnamon. I thought it was a joke. I didn't think that that was going to be a real thing. And then Haley puts out this song and I was so fucking into it since day one. Uh, I remember I was waking up one day early for work and somebody had posted the link to the video online. I don't know if you would consider it a leak because it was literally like three hours prior to when Haley released it. But I saw the video and I didn't really pay much attention to the video or the song because I was like brushing my teeth and getting ready for work. But I really didn't want to miss out on everybody knowing what was going on before me I didn't want that FOMO to set in even though everybody was going to find out about this video three hours after this um I wanted in on the the pre-party so I didn't really pay much attention to it at first I didn't love it at first only because I was confused like it literally sounds like Bowser from Mario in the intro and I thought it was so fucking weird I was like Haley first simmer and now this like what are we doing here like this project is insane and we're only three songs in but then I listened to it in my car and I was so into it that bass I gotta give Joey Howard all the fucking credit to Pedals for Armor uh his bass like I know everybody jokes about how bassists are like 
the person in the band that nobody ever cares about and like bassists are always forgotten and all these memes and jokes but let me tell you the bass all the bass parts and all the bass lines on pedals for armor make me believe that bassist lives matter and joey howard definitely proved that bassists deserve to be recognized and i know that that sounds really shitty but it is the bass lines are so fucking cool and i really liked cinnamon because it reminded me of um and i've tried to ask this question like eight different times but never really got picked up but i'll say it here in case you guys never saw me ask it but I was watching a couple of interviews with Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas and they were talking about how they compose all Billie's songs and if you guys are even remotely interested in Billie Eilish definitely go on YouTube and check out all the times that her and her brother talk about um, how they structure all their songs. It's so fucking fascinating how they do everything and Billie was talking about how on almost all of the songs and I'm sure you guys know by now whether you're a fan or not but in the song Bad Guy um there's one point in the song where Billy was getting her Invisalign attachments removed at the dental office and she literally recorded the sound of the dental drill drilling off the attachments and that's um, kind of warped in bad guy. So you have a legit dental drill in bad guy and um, there's a lot of other cool things that she did um, in one of the songs. Um, there was this sound in the UK, I think it was like a crosswork or something, and Phineas just recorded it and used it in a song. Um, they use all sorts of everyday things in um, their songs. And I know that Paramore has talked about how, um, I, I believe it was Taylor talked about with Zayn Lau when they first came out with After Laughter, how there was this, um, it, it was like a church or it was a bell or something, and Taylor really liked the sound of it, and that's the intro to Idol Worship, and I think that that's cool as fuck. And I know that Haley is a big Billie Eilish fan. And in Cinnamon, there are two parts that give me the idea that she took some notes from them or, un or unknowingly took some notes from them. And when she says um, in, in the second verse, um, lemon water, you hear like kind of a drip, like it kind of sounds like somebody pouring water. And then when she says smells like, you kind of the snare drum kind of makes it sound like somebody sniffing like a dog sniffing or like an over-exaggerated person sniffing and I've always been so curious since the song came out if that was intentional and if they wanted to make those sounds kind of come to life because Pedals for Armor for the most part Haley's talked about how she really um, went crazy a little bit with her vocals she wanted to see how much she could do vocally she did some of the scatting and beatboxing she did a lot of uh really insane vocal takes and did a lot of background vocals and everything on pedals for armor and i was just so curious if they did that on purpose because they were exploring sounds or if it was just totally accidental and i'm just trying to put together the piece of a puzzle that doesn't exist but fuck cinnamon is a really good song from start to finish it's really funky in a way that it's not um considered like funk music it is just it was the first song that she put out where I was like okay this is definitely Haley being experimental and her finally getting into a groove of she wants to definitely make something that can't be put on a Paramore record and that she wants to make her own and this is a Haley Williams project so this is a little bit of cinnamon <laughs> Even 
So that was track three. That was Cinnamon. And track four is a song that I just, I just don't like. And that's okay. I'm allowed to not like it. And that's something that I've had to keep telling myself that it's okay to not like something by somebody that you admire. Um, I will say though, the last time I talked about Creepin' and Pedals for Armor Part 1, um, me and my friend May were talking about what we thought the song was about. Haley has clarified um, and she said that this song is about energy vampires, which is something that I never really thought about until she said that. And energy vampires have been something that I've definitely dealt with in the past and definitely um, still deal with to this day. And it was just really fascinating to realize how fucking wrong we were. And also the fact that it was something a lot cooler than we thought it was. And uh, I think we said in that episode that that Creepin' was about her house, but I meant to say it was Cinnamon. I don't remember what I said, but Cinnamon is about Haley's house and how she feels um, comfortable there and all of that stuff. And Creepin' is about energy vampires, not about the actual bats that were in her home. So here is a little bit of Creepin'. So why are you creeping around here? That was track four. That was Creepin'. Track five is the last one from Petals for Armor Part One. I mean, obviously the whole album is out now, so it's no longer in parts. But for all intents and purposes, we'll talk about it part by part just a little bit, just to keep with the theme. But um, track five is called Sudden Desire. Now, this is another song that everybody fucking loves. And I just, uh, I admire the lyrical content because it's the first time that um and I've mentioned this before so I'm not really going to go that crazy on this whole um part e- part of the EP but um sudden desire I feel really proud for Haley because Paramore has always kind of felt like a family friendly band to me where they never swore they never really talked about like drinking or doing drugs or anything now granted they were all super young and I know that you know they're probably not out there you know, dropping acid and all of this stuff. I mean, if they are, they're doing a great job at hiding it and they're, they still seem like fully functional human beings. So more power to them, but they were always a family friendly, friendly band in my eyes. They never cursed. Um, whore was the only thing that I think was controversial just because the, the word, not even because of, you know, what everybody thought it meant and the slut shaming and all of that to follow. But that was the only time that Paramore really swore in my eyes and I still think that whore wasn't really swearing but for the first time I mean with with Simmer Haley said the word fucker and we're like whoo girl okay she said that but Sudden Desire although she doesn't curse in it it felt very sexual and I was so proud and happy because this is a 31 year old woman who has never really talked about sexuality or anything in her music before or in Paramore's music before and we're finally getting into her feeling like a woman and feeling like she can talk about sexually explicit things or putting in a song that she has desires too. She's not just some random mannequin or Barbie doll that doesn't have feelings or urges or 
feel anything sexually. So I definitely love this song for everything that that stands for. It's just musically, I just don't love it. Um, I do like the part where she talks about the um, the big balloon and that kind of slowed down version of that um, that verse. Um, but yeah, it's another one of those songs where I was like not super stoked on cinnamon was still the only song from ep1 that i was really like yes this is it i stand pedals for armor um but yeah sudden desire just didn't really do it for me i did like the fact that she kind of just let out that all i wanted scream in a way and she just let it go and that live is going to be really intense so here's a little bit of sudden desire won't fit in the room big balloon trails me because i can't let go everywhere i am it sticks close like a friend just like him just like him friendly reminder of a sudden desire So that was track five. That was Sudden Desire. And that concludes part one of Pedals for Armor. Again, uh, you guys probably already know this by now if you if you were interested in even listening to this. But Pedals for Armor was released in three different parts. Haley made it a very, um, very apparent how she was going to roll this out. Um, some people hated it. And by some people, I mean white men. And other people loved it. And that is everybody else that had a brain. Um, when she released the contents of the Pedals for Armor box set, she included that on the jackets, it was going to what feelings were going to be explored on each part. And for part one, we have rage, lust, grief, envy, mercilessness, and femininity. And I definitely think that all five of those songs covered each of those emotions very vividly. And I just think it's it's another thing that makes this project so cool and so different and that I hate that journalists and people on the internet are going to review this and I I, I got a lot of support on a tweet that I had posted a couple weeks ago where I said how to interview Haley Williams in 2020 and it was just all the interviews that she's been doing are so fucking boring and it just sucks um again I'm not a journalist you guys know this by now I don't review music for a living I'm not a journalist for a living I don't even do podcasting for a living but I mean if I'm gonna talk about something I'm gonna at least do the bare minimum research for it and Pedals for Armor is one of those things where Haley Williams has been somebody in the public and has had projects and Paramore and has been really open about depression and anxiety and mental health and all of these things that you would think that if you're going to review her very first solo project you would care a little bit enough to realize that she's doing the rollout for a reason and it just sucks I I can't listen to any more interviews that she's doing anymore because they're so fucking boring what's next for Paramore how are you doing in this quarantine what are you baking it's like the same eight questions and we're not getting anywhere and I just, I hope that now that the record is out, we're going to get a little better of interviews. Maybe people will actually listen to the record. Maybe they'll give a shit about it. And more or less, that's just my only hope for this. And it just bothers the fuck out of me that I'm sitting here in my own little podcast, sitting on 
sitting on my bed and being like, man, I could do so much better than a lot of these journalists and they do this for a living and they're getting these great opportunities to talk to these artists about something really special and they're just throwing it away and it pisses me off. But um, that's why I have a little podcast on the internet where I get to vent about all the things that I fucking hate. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, so part two, the track listing goes um, a little different than how Haley rolled everything out. So we're just going to go with the track listing just because obviously that's what makes more sense. But the next song um, that starts off part two is a song called Dead Horse. And it's one of those songs that um, really hurt and was hard to digest. Um, Haley did, uh, again, I keep talking about all these interviews that she's doing, but the one of the ones that she did that was actually um, useful and actually did anything, um, she talked about a line in the song where she talks about being the other woman first, and it's referring to the fact that she had an affair in her longest relationship. And I was stunned when she um, when she said that and she opened up about it. If you've been a Paramore fan for any length of time, um, you've probably heard rumors, you've probably read stuff, you've probably seen stuff. Um, 2009 to like 2011 was a really weird time um, to be an active Paramore fan if you really honed in and paid attention because Haley didn't really say anything but all of a sudden she was the subject of all of these names and people were saying all this awful shit and um in 2009 I mean I was in a different place in my life and I was just happy that Tiger's Jaw didn't break up and Paramore was still around and uh the fact that my hair was half orange and I couldn't get it blonde those were the only struggles that I had in 2009 but um I definitely heard stuff and throughout the years I've definitely heard a lot of things that whether or not they're true they're still fucking insane to me but in 2011 I had a very similar experience I mean um my long-term uh ex was not married but they were in a committed relationship for a couple of years and then I was one of the other women uh there were other women before me but I was the one that ended up um, breaking them up and from like 2011 to 2013, um, I was just viciously attacked online from um, what was now confirmed, but at the time I just assumed was the girl that I had scorned through being with this person. And um, it was really fucking hard. I was 17 turning 18 and um, I had never seriously dated somebody before. I had uh, a couple of boyfriends prior to that and, you know, I had made out with a couple people but it wasn't anything crazy but I had never um really seriously dated someone I mean this person was six and a half years older than me um I was not experienced in any way shape or form with anything and um all of a sudden I was dating this um older human being uh I was still pretty young and um I was being attacked viciously online by somebody that I never met uh, I mean I met her once but it wasn't really a a great interaction and I was just like bullied relentlessly on Tumblr and it was just really really insane and from day one I was like is this worth it and I was kind of brainwashed to believe that it was worth it even though it was toxic from the minute it started and it never should have started but I felt like had we gone through all of that I mean after 
all of the bullying subsided to two or so years later, I was like, okay, well, nobody wants this to work. And this was kind of like a bastard relationship to start with. Like, I have to make sure that this sees it through. We have to get married. This has to be it. And uh, obviously that didn't happen and grateful for it. But it was, it was a really hard two years. Um, I went to see my favorite band in the world. I went to go see Touche More in, um, in Brooklyn in, I think it was 2011 or 2012. And I was there with, you know, the person I was dating and the music stopped. Singer Jeremy, um, I guess saw a security guard punch a girl or something and he got off stage and it was silent. It was dead silent in that, um, in that venue. All of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder and it was the, the ex, it was the girl and she called me the C word multiple times. And that was the first time anybody's ever said that to me, at least to my face. She called me the C word a couple of times, said that he was cheating on me with her um, and all of this stuff. And I just cried. And I was just like, I, I don't know what I did to you. Like, I didn't do anything to you. And um, that was a really tough night. And uh, Touche Mori is still my favorite band. But uh, that was a really hard time. And um I I had two or three other interactions with her after that and they were not pleasant. Um, I joke that every time I saw Circus Survive, she was there and she always made it apparent that uh, I was unwelcomed. So I have not seen Circus Survive since all of this has happened just because I'm, I'm, I'm literally traumatized from seeing them. Um, but yeah, so um, this was a really long intro to this one song, but um, yeah, so I you know, me and Haley have never talked personally about anything like this, but from the stuff that I've heard online and watched a lot of stuff unfold publicly, uh, I related a lot (laughs) to being the other woman and having to deal with the consequences of being the other woman. And, um, yeah, when I heard about Dead Horse being released, um, I didn't think I was going to be able to listen to it. Um, I did listen to it like an hour after it was released and, um, it was hard and um, it's still kind of hard to digest, but I will say that it isn't. Um, so Cinnamon was the first song that I really loved, and Dead Horse is definitely the second song that I would really go to bat for. And I really love, um, I love the poppy vibe to it. It definitely could be on the radio. It definitely could have been on After Laughter. Um, I like the vibe of it so much. I really do think that Haley did an incredible job trying to put something really hard and heavy that she never thought that she would talk about into something really cool and sounds really, really awesome. Um, Which uh, kind of, she even said this on Annie Mac when she released Dead Horse, that kind of like what they did with After Laughter, they kind of masked being uh, depression and anxiety and all this stuff and feeling betrayed with pop songs and I definitely think that Dead Horse does an incredible job with doing that as well it would have been interesting to see this on After Laughter but I'm glad it exists on Haley's own um, trauma project so here is a little bit of Dead Horse all right it took me three days to send you this but
that was Dead Horse. And the next song is another song that I really, really love. And I'm glad that um, all the songs that I like are all together. And I'm glad that all the songs that I really like other than Cinnamon are on EP2. And the next song is called My Friend. And I just really adore this song so much. Um, the video is so cute. It's just, um, it starts off with Brian, who's, you know, runs Good Die Young with Haley. It's her best friend. And he's kind of doing the lyrics a cappella. And the whole video is just all about um, Haley's friends and the people that help make Pedals for Armor happen. And just really shows that she has tons of support around her. And I said this very early on that. Haley, after a song was released, um, usually like a day or two after, she would release the song credits and or the video credits for that song and or video. And I said that I think that she's doing that to prove that A, she's not really alone in this and B, that there are so many people that um, deserve the recognition and that are really um, stepping up to the plate to help her out. I mean, Taylor... And Taylor produced the whole record and she said that she gave the poor guy psoriasis from all the stress of putting this out. And I think that is somebody's first project that they're really putting their name on. It's it's incredible. I definitely give my hat off to him. And this song, um, I can't really, I'm really bad at um, uh, trying to put my uh, bands that I like and influences. Uh, to me, the way that she holds out the notes in the chorus for my friend reminds me a lot of local natives. And I don't know why, maybe it's because I listen to a lot of local natives and I just really love them. And the fact that, um, I know Haley's a fan. I know that Paramore's, um, Paramore has seen them as a band and they brought them out on Parahoy, which I still can't believe fucking happened. Um, the fact that I saw sun hands three times on a boat is ridiculous to me, but I'm so grateful for it. Um, but my friend is just one of those songs that, um, really encompasses what I thought Pedals for Armor would be. Again, it's another slow-ish song, but it has a lot of cool vibes and that uh that part where it gets like bow, 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 no can take my that part is fucking rad and hats off to Joey again, killing it on the bass. I'm very proud to own a bass because of Joey Howard after listening to this project. So yeah, here's a little bit of my friend. So that was my friend. The next song we have is a song called Over Yet. And this was the first song that I just like, I, st I still can't, uh, I still don't really like. And I've listened to it like two or three times. I listened to it the other day and I don't dislike it as much as I did when it first came out. And the reason is, I think I said this when I reviewed After Laughter, but I don't like 80s music. And I know that's probably going to be surprising if you didn't hear me say it in that episode or you might just close your uh, laptop now and stop listening to me forever but I just don't like 80s music I grew up in the 90s and I never really looked back um, you know growing up I didn't really have a lot of music around me um, the first taste of music was really um, 90s music it was 
Spice Girls. It was Backstreet Boys from the early 2000s. It was Britney Spears. Like I, my brother never really listened to anything, at least around me, that really influenced me. My parents didn't really listen to a lot of music that influenced me. My dad listened to Metallica and, you know, uh, heavy metal bands and stuff like that. My mom was kind of low key and would listen to Cher every now and then or maybe the occasional Madonna song, but I was never really around music that I can remember with my family. And um, my earliest influences when I really started to take a, a taste for music um, was when my brother got his license and I was listening to bands like Three Days Grace and uh, Story of the Year, Early Panic at the Disco, Avril Lavigne, bands like that um, really influenced me as a person and my taste now but I just never really got the 80s music so when I heard over yet I really liked the beginning of it Um, a lot of my friends uh, were texting me about it when it came out and I was like yeah this song slaps and then we got to the chorus and I just I just lost it for me it lost everything Uh, I will say that the bass is super super awesome in the beginning of the song and throughout but I have a friend who was not a big fan of Pedals for Armor and just did not like any of the tracks that were rolling out. And they're a longtime Paramore fan and, again, really wanted to love everything that Haley put out, but was just not vibing with anything that um, was being put out. And they loved, they loved Over Yet, and I knew that they would. Um, very Janet Jackson inspired, and they're big fans of Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson and that type of sound so it was just really funny that I was the only person that did not like over yet and everybody was like yeah fuck yeah this is it this is this is what Haley should have put out like months ago so I mean listen it's her project she's really doing her own thing on this she's exploring so I gotta give it to her but yeah it just didn't jive with it but anyway here is a little bit of over yet So that was over yet. The next song is an, is a song that I just really could not wait to hear when I first heard that it existed. It's a song called Roses, Lotus, Violet, Iris. And I'm not going to lie. I heard uh, like a month, maybe a couple weeks before this song was released. I heard a rumor that Julian Baker was involved on Pedals for Armor. And I was so excited because like I said, before Simmer came out, I thought that Pedals for Armor was going to sound a lot like Boy Genius. Um, I thought that she would um, put some indie artists on there. I really thought that Julian would be on it. And Simmer only disappointed me because I didn't, after that, I was like, mm, 
maybe it's not going to go in that direction. Maybe she didn't get any guest vocalists. Maybe she didn't get any guest artists. But I heard a rumor that Julian was involved in the project. Now, I didn't know if she was going to be singing on it. I didn't know if she played guitar on it. I didn't know like anything about it. I just knew that Julian Baker was involved. And I lost my goddamn mind. Um, mind you, um, I live in Tennessee. And I know a bunch of people that know Julian Baker personally. And I'm just like, how come I have found this information through the grapevine of people that don't even live in this state? But whatever. Um, but I was super excited, but like a lot of things, you hear rumors all the time and um, things don't always happen just because you heard a rumor. Um, but luckily, when this song was coming out, um, there was an interview that Haley did where it was mentioned that all of Boy Genius was going to be on this song. And then I was so fucking excited because I not only do I love Boy Genius, but I love Phoebe Bridgers's voice. Um, I don't really listen to Lucy Dacus much, but Julian and Phoebe, I was so stoked about. And um, the song was originally supposed to be they, in the article. They said it was a song called Wilted Women, but um, that's just a line in the song. But anyway, um, when the song first came out, I was so happy. I was at work when this came out and I was just, I, I was so giddy. I was so excited to finally, it was one of my last days at work, actually. Um, I was so happy that this song exists. Um, now, I'm not a Tom York fan. Um, I don't listen to Radiohead, but my boyfriend is a massive Radiohead fan. And I played the song for him because he's a fan of Julian Baker and he likes Boy Genius and all of that. Um, I played it for him a couple of days ago and he goes, this literally sounds like a Radiohead song. This is Tom York's solo project, like to a T. He's like, this, I, I like it, but this is exactly what it sounds like. You should listen to any Tom York song and this is what you'll hear. And I was so happy because I know that Haley is a massive Radiohead fan. I know that she has heavy influenced, she's heavily influenced by Radiohead and Tom York. So the fact that he said that, I was like, yes, somebody that has no idea that she ever said that or that that was an influence on this record said that. Yeah. But um, oh man, I just wish that Boy Genius had a bigger role in this song. I know that they do a lot of backing vocals, but shit, I really wanted like a super group from this. Uh, but I, you know, the little that we did get, I was, I was super happy with. So here's a little bit of Roses. I keep saying Roses like Moses. Roses, Lotus, Violet, Iris. So that was Roses, Lotus, Violet, Iris. Very hard to say those words. But before we move on, I do have to say something that I forgot to mention back uh, about Creepin' and this song. So I've mentioned this like 80 times by now, but I'm going to bring it up in this episode. So I went to go see Me Without You at the Basement East in August, right? Really great show. Loved it. Uh, 11 out of 10. One of my favorite Me Without You shows I've ever been to. 
uh, rest in peace, the basement East, uh, really sad <laughs> right now about that. But after the show, so me without you had like three songs left, right? Um, fully engaged the whole set. All of a sudden I look to my left and I see Haley and in the back of my mind, I was like, ah, I'm going to leave her alone. Like she's just, she's chilling. She's watching me without you, whatever. So I was like, I'm going to go get a poster at the end of the set. Um, if she's around, maybe I'll say hi. If she's not, whatever. So I go to the back of the merch table as soon as me without you is done playing. And I go and I'm looking at the merch table and Haley's sitting right there. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll, I'll go and say hi. So um, she was talking to some other people at this point and I just like stood there for like a minute or two. was going to see if like, you know, she saw me. Um, she ended up seeing me. She waved, whatever. Didn't end up getting my poster that night. Just an FYI. I got it the next day at the show in Chattanooga because I did go to the Chattanooga show. But um, I was talking with her and like we weren't really talking about anything much. We talked for like 10 minutes and uh, I just want to clarify that I asked her what she was up to and she said that she was writing for fun and I find out that that same day Mike from Me Without You was laying down guitar parts for Creepin and all of Boy Genius was doing vocals for this song all that day like either right before or right after the show and I found out because Haley's been doing like these video cam these uh, camcorder videos for all these songs. And I look at the date and I was like, wait, I recognize the the shirt that she was wearing from that day. And I noticed the date and I was like, wow, she kept all of this a secret. And the fact that she told some some uh, Paramore fan in Target that she was releasing an album and she didn't tell me that she had recorded a, a, a fourth of the record already man just just thought that you know we had something special i'm totally kidding on that but i just thought it was really funny that there was so much happening the day of that me without you show and i had spoken to her for like quick couple of minutes and she just said oh yeah i'm writing for fun and girl it was more than just fun you were putting out a whole damn album and i'm just like i can't believe she kept it a secret i'm actually surprised that she didn't just want to blurt it out to everybody but uh yeah, that was just my little tidbit on that. But anyway, moving on. So the next song, which is the last song from EP2, is a song called Why We Ever. Now, this song is super interesting because it starts off kind of 80s-ish, and I wasn't really a big fan of it. But of course, like every song, I give it a chance and I listen to the full thing. But it gets really fucking sad after all of the 80s kind of vibes to it. And it just really blows blows me out of the water a little bit there's um the part that I'm actually going to play because I love it so much um it gets really low and kind of quiet and really somber and the lyrics um that Haley says is you know I just want to talk about it I'm sorry that I freaked you out really kind of hit me a little bit um I don't know if it's supposed to hit me the way that it did but I've talked about how in Rose Colored Boy um there's this feeling of not being taken seriously you're anxious about something but the person that you're trying to talk about this anxiety with doesn't believe you and writes you off and says yes yeah, sure whatever and it's kind of discouraging now I don't really know what she's talking about with these lyrics but to me the way that I interpret them for my own life is you know you want to express you know your depression thoughts your mental state 
things that are sad, things that suck to somebody that you care about and um, you know that it's really heavy and then after you're done talking, you kind of look them in the face and you just say, oh God, I'm so sorry for laying that on you. Like that was really fucked up of me. Um, I know I've done that super recently and I know I've done that in the past where it's like, I really want to get something off my chest and I just go on a rant. I mean, you guys, if you've listened to this podcast more than once or if you've read anything that I've ever written, you know that I just go on and on and on. But I just, sometimes when I get going, I just don't stop. And then I look at the person that I'm talking to and I'm like, holy shit, I unloaded so much on you. I am so sorry. And more often than not, it's somebody that's super understanding and wants to know the things that I'm trying to unload on them. But, you know, especially with the last two years of my life, trying to unpack and heal from a lot of damage, um, I find myself not being able to open up to a lot of people because I don't want to freak them out. I don't want them to feel sorry for me. I don't want them to, you know, be confused or not know what to say and feel bad about it. And that's why Petals for Armor is so deep and personal to me because, you know, I'm not talking to this person directly and we're not, you know, communicating, but, um, I feel kind of heard and understood even if it's through lyrics, which sounds really strange, but I just, sometimes you don't want to talk to somebody because you don't want them to feel like there's a weight on them now or that they see you a little different because you've been carrying something for so long and they're like, holy fuck, how are you dealing with that? And they want to help you and then they just spiral. So um, this part really kind of fucked me up in a really strange way, but also gave me a little hope that maybe if this is what she's talking about, then I'm not really alone in this. So here is that part in Why We Ever. I spent the weekend at home again Drawing circles on the floor Tried to keep myself So that was Why We Ever, and that will conclude part two of Petals for Armor. And with that, the emotions that were supposed to be covered in this EP were pride, resilience, security, trust, rebuke, and autonomy. And I definitely think that, again, she really nails it with all of those emotions. And overall, part two is my favorite of all of the EPs. It has the most songs that I really like and connected to. Um, if Cinnamon was on this and over yet, uh, they switch them, this would be a flawless EP. And that's not to say that over yet is a bad song. It's just um, for my personal taste, I don't like the 80s. That's, just, that's how it goes. Um, I know it's really weird to hear somebody um, talk about something they don't like and not call it trash and uh say that it's too woke feminism for them but yeah I just don't like it it's not that deep um we're moving on so the next song the 
the new part, part three of Pedals for Armor that will conclude the whole record. The first song is called Pure Love. Now, Haley definitely sang on this record. Um, it's another song. I'm just going to be straight up the next five songs on that conclude uh, Pedals for Armor. The whole EP3 is just straight up 80s. <laughs> So you guys probably have gathered from me saying that, that I was not a big fan and I, I just, I just wasn't. And that doesn't mean it was bad, but, um, this song, she definitely got really groovy with the vocals and the bass on this is just, it's killer for something that I don't really, um, care for that much. It, the sound is there. My, my friends that are into eighties music are definitely going to fuck with this. And I'm, I'm happy for them that they finally have something that they really like from this. And that's the cool thing about Petals for Armor is that Haley explored a lot of sounds that I feel like Paramore don't really get the chance to, I mean, they don't really care anymore. They're just writing for they they write songs that they like, but I do still think that Paramore has, um, has a box that they, kind of are in as far as what they want to put on a Paramore record where as opposed to Zach's Half Noise project I mean Half Noise when it first started I have that 10 inch and it is completely different than what they put out recently um Natural Disguise and the first uh 10 inch that Zach ever put out two totally different things but Half Noise is really funky and it's really groovy and it's very 70s inspired and I'm not gonna lie not a big fan of Half Noise. I see them every time that they're in Nashville just because it's always a big party with a bunch of my friends. Um, all my friends do like Half Noise. I don't really vibe with it, but it's just really fun to just watch everybody just like dance and groove and have a good time and shake shake lemon shakers and Zach's just really fun to watch. And, you know, almost every touring member of Paramore is in Half Noise. How could you not like it? So it's always just a fun little party and I'm. it always gave me a reason to come to Nashville before I lived here and see all my friends from either Nashville or that would come from different states to come watch Half Noise do a, um, do a, a home show. But anyway, so Half Noise is, is obviously vastly different than Paramore, and I feel like Pedals for Armor is definitely a lot different than Paramore, and it's just really cool to watch everybody from the same band branch off into different things and show different sides to them, and I think that that's really neat. Um, I want parent, I want Taylor to do a solo project. Damn it. I would love to hear him do something super experimental or something super like no friend sounding. I'm waiting for that. Taylor, please give us a solo project. I, I don't care if it's like explosions in the sky and there's no fucking words. I don't care if it's post rock, just give me something. But, um, that's, what's really cool about, um, liking a band for their individual members as well, because you get to really get something that you want out of everything that that band has so as much as I wanted to like Pedals for Armor I just I didn't like it as much as I like Paramore and that's totally fine because I still like Paramore and I don't really like Half Noise but I still go to Half Noise shows um I still have tickets to go see Haley on her solo tour because I like a couple of songs you know it's just it's really fun and it's really cool how music works but gotten way off topic and uh yeah just gonna play a couple of uh seconds of pure love for you guys
So that was pure love. And before we move on, I do want to mention something that uh, I forgot before we move on. The clip that I just played, there's a line that talks about being sentimental. And it immediately reminded me of No Friend, where the email that Haley writes to Aaron that he reads out that you can't hear, um, she does say a part where um, it's written, guess I'm just sentimental. And I, I don't know why, but I'm like, oh my God, it's it's connected they're connected and uh everybody joked when um my friend came out everybody joked that uh we went from having from being no friend to my friend and uh i always love trying to connect everything to no friend that song is still a fucking masterpiece to this day the drop a nickel in our basket and we'll do all right dance will forever go down is one of the deepest on uh overlooked lyrics in all of um 2017 but anyway, I'm getting off topic like I always do. The next song is a song called Taken. And it's another song that I didn't really care for. But definitely, I know a lot of people are going to have questions about these lyrics. And if they were lyrics uh, written uh, when there was a partner that we knew about or if there's a new partner or if there was somebody that... Uh, we didn't know about or something like that. I feel like people are going to be very intrigued about these lyrics. And um, I think I think the song is pretty cool. Again, it kind of, um, not to kind of sound like a jerk, but Pedals for Armor Part 3, all the songs kind of have the same 80s vibe and they all kind of mash together after a while for me. Um, so this song didn't really feel much different than Pure Love for me, but the lyrical content was definitely... Um, something that got my attention and um I played it in the car for a couple of people and they were definitely getting down to it so um not my favorite but hey here's some taken and though I'm still picking up my pieces he makes me want to give it another shot So that was Taken, and the next song is a song called Sugar on the Rim. Now, when I first heard this song, I I didn't know that this was on Haley's record. I did not know that this was a Pedals for Armor song, and I was very confused. And I mean this in the most complimentary way possible, but I would not be surprised if this was a song used at a drag show. And... I just, it gives me that vibe where I could see this on RuPaul's Drag Race. I could see, um, I've seen many a drag show in my day. My brother works right next to a a drag a drag bar when, uh, when he works in the summer. And I just hear this song bumping at a drag show and I love it. Um, I definitely think that this song is super 80s inspired yet again. And I really do love um, the way that Haley plays with her voice. 
um this song definitely the lyrical content makes me feel like she is finally uh learning how to move on and how she realized that um her past doesn't need to be her future and how she's kept a lot of things inside and it's been bubbling up and it's finally coming to the surface and it doesn't um finally talking about things that she's hit away for a long time doesn't have to be so dark and it doesn't have to taste so bitter it could actually taste like sugar and it could actually taste so sweet and uh that's what I get from the lyrics it kind of seems like she was prepared for backlash and people were going to judge her and that she didn't want to talk about things that she's been bottling up forever and finally talking about it people are accepting her and people are saying kind things and I mean people like me that are relating to her stories and can tell her like hey pal it's it's gonna be okay we we've all been there right so yeah Sugar on the Rim was definitely one of those songs for me that uh was kind of expected at this point because it did have an 80s sound but I was like oh this this is a Haley Williams song okay so yeah here's a little bit of Sugar on the Rim So that was Sugar on the Rim, and the next song I actually do kind of like. Um, I wouldn't say it's one of those songs that I really, really liked, um, where I would put in the category with Cinnamon and My Friend and those other songs. But this song, I mean, the opening really. I wish that the vocals were like this the entire song. It gave me goosebumps. I really like the grittiness in Haley's voice and the the power and the fact that it's just like a very simple sound in the background I really like how her her voice is being showcased and I just I really like this song um lyrically and the the choruses kind of lose it for me but I think that the opening is so strong and the lyrics are really really cool um the lyrics just kind of read to me like uh Haley is finally ready to bloom into this person that we've never seen before I mean she says that you've only got one side of me now watch me bloom because really I only have one side of her we know her from being the front woman in a band for the last you know 15 or so years and a lot of people don't know a lot about her outside of that and she's finally talking about things that are relatable to people my age at least I mean she's only a little bit older than me I'm 27 she's 31 but I feel like a lot of women that have grown up listening to Paramore they they want to feel represented a little more I, I mean at least I do I don't speak for everybody but like I was mentioning before when she was talking about Sudden Desire Paramore has always been like this family friendly PG band and they've never cussed they've never really explored adult themes I'll call it and this record with Haley she's talking about having desires and she's talking about things that I'm like yeah we we've all been there sister like you know we're we're talking about 
being being feminine and dealing with things that aren't just you know your everyday feelings that everybody feels but yeah now watch me bloom is one of those songs that i'm glad is on this record and man those vocals are really killer so here's a couple of seconds of that So I actually fucked up. The name of that song is Watch Me While I Bloom, uh, not what I said before. Um, the line in the song is Now Watch Me Bloom, but that is not the name of the song. So my bad. I fucked that up really. But we are finally at the end of the record, which, oh my God, it feels like I've been talking for ages. But uh, the last song on the record is called Crystal Clear. And again, it's another song that kind of sounds super 80s, but I didn't really dislike it when I heard it. It's just not one of my favorites, of course. But the lyrics kind of take you through this journey that she's been talking about this whole record. And it's basically like she's not going to live in fear anymore. She's going to live her life and she's no longer going to bottle anything up. And we finally have a whole complete picture of who she is as a 31 year old woman. And I just think that it's the perfect way to close a record. Um, I think that the message and the lyrical content speaks a little louder than the music for me, since I'm not a big fan of the the sounds in the rec in the um, in the song. But definitely for everything else. So to close out "Petals for Armor" Part Three and the whole record, this is crystal clear. Oh, slow down this time. I wanna stay right here. I wanna make it crystal clear that I the fear that with crystal clear that is the end of not only part three but the end of the whole record and the themes on this part are fear intimacy pure emotion healing redemption reconnection and acceptance um so that's that's it it's pedals for armor man uh I'm, I know in all my reviews, I give like a 10, uh, a one to 10 rating and I always give everything that I review a 10 out of 10, but this is a little different. Uh, I'm not going to rate it, um, just because I don't think I could put a rating on something this personal. And, uh, I know that that sounds really biased because if this was any other record by somebody that I didn't really, uh, know well or really research, I'd be like, yeah, this is like a three out of 10. Fuck you. Um, I probably wouldn't say that anyway, but, um, yeah, it, uh, this record 
put music into perspective for me, which sounds really fucking weird. But like I said, I was thinking about all those records that I just genuinely don't like and that I've said a lot of mean shit about. And I just think about how I've never really gone out of my way to research why people make the music that they do before I give it an opinion. And not to say that these white men that are trashing Haley are right, but because uh, they could definitely do it a lot more constructive. It's like, let's be real here. Um, at least I'm trying to be constructive here and not say everything is pure shit because um, it's not. But I just think that um, the fact that this was so personal and hit so close to home for me made me want to be so much more gentle with it. And I didn't want to dislike it just because it felt so personal. And the, the fact that I ended up only liking four or five songs out of 15 just really kind of puts stuff into perspective. And that's strange. But um, it just goes to show that you don't have to blindly support somebody um, in everything that they do. You could support them as a person and an artist, but you don't have to worship the ground that they walk on if it's if they put out something that you don't 100% stand by or like or something like that so that's that's it and I thought it was really um, interesting to do this episode because like I said I only review records that I would go to bat for and that I would give a 10 out of 10 and this just isn't one of those records and I think that that's okay to say and I just want to um, put it out there that even though I don't love this record with all my heart and it's not the way I feel about After Laughter or any other records that have come out in the past couple of years or my Desert Island favorite records or anything like that doesn't mean that um, the work that was put on this um, should go unnoticed. I think that Haley did something here that a lot of artists are trying to do now or finally getting the space to do and just... Um, they, they need to keep going. I mean, there's so many indie rock artists out there that put their heart on their sleeve and we love them and we praise them, but, um, Haley's doing something that they, that they do, but under a little more of a microscope that, um, I don't think we've really noticed or talked about. I mean, here's somebody that's been in a band for 15, 16 years, over half her life that she says all the time. And she's been through a lot of stuff that people have only, heard through rumors or hearsay or you know tried to put together timelines or piece together stuff and here she is finally coming out with it right from the horse's mouth and I think that it's really neat that she feels supported supported enough from her bandmates and her friends and the people that care about her and also supported by the fans that she could put something like this out in 2020 and finally express all of these emotions. So yeah, that's all I got to say about Pedals for Armor, new record by Haley Williams. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I could probably put in here. I could probably put video clips and everything. But like I had mentioned prior, a um, bunch of times already, I've already done two episodes about Pedals for Armor. And I don't really want to continue to beat this any more than I have. So if you guys want to hear more about how I felt about songs specifically that were released prior to the May 8th release of part three. Um, definitely check out my uh, episode in pedals and 
the episode before that where I said, and uh, you're now surrounded by flowers. That one was a long episode. And I really went into detail about what I thought this project was going to be. And I was so fucking wrong. And it was actually, it was kind of cool to be wrong because the things that Haley had to say about these songs was way more introspective than what I thought. And it just goes to show that you don't know everything, right? <laughs>